Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast and become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests sharing stories about growing up in a haunted house that was possessed by an evil presence, a nightmarish encounter with a UFO in the dead of night, and the financial horror stories from those who won the lottery and lived to regret it. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to hear these programs and many more truly thought-provoking shows from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, The Curse of Oak Island. Randall Sullivan, the author, contributing editor to Rolling Stone for more than 20 years, for whom he originally reported on Oak Island back in 2004. His work has appeared in Esquire, Outside, Men's Journal, Washington Post, The Guardian. He's also the author of The Price of Experience, Labyrinth, and The Miracle Detective, and Untouchable. Randall, good to have you on the program. First time, I understand, right? Yes, it is. Thank you, George. Well, welcome, and uh, good to talk with you. What a great story, Oak Island. Uh, tell us a little bit about the setting. I, I said a little bit about it, but uh, kind of give us a description of this island, if you could. Well, it's about a mile long, and at its widest point, about a half a mile wide, uh, a thousand feet wide at its narrowest point, just off the coast of Nova Scotia, about 50 miles south. Uh, west of Halifax. Um, it was, for many years, just extraordinary because it was covered with oak trees. It was the only island <laughs> in the whole day that had, you know, this forest of oaks on it. No one could understand why, but they were very happy to have the oak trees to harvest. Um, and then in the late 1700s, three young men, teenage boys, discovered this depression in the ground that turned into a shaft that had been dug, a fantastic shaft that had been dug who knows when, uh, and that's led to you know a series of fantastic and extraordinary discoveries that have baffled and mystified people for more than two centuries. It, it truly has fascinated people. Uh, what are they looking for? What keeps them so fascinated by the island, Randall? Well, part of it is that of all of history's mysteries, Oak Island might be the most open-ended. There's so many possibilities, and there's so many things that people have found that could connect to this or that theory. And obviously people have come up with dozens of theories, and part of what's both exciting and frustrating about trying to write about it is that there's, there's very few you can completely dismiss because there's something there to support it. And, and, and what no one could deny was that some fantastic works were created, and there had to be some fantastic reason that people did it. In terms of settlers or visitors to the island, where did they come from? All over the place? Uh, That area, specifically by the island, was mostly uh, former British colonists. A lot of them Uh uh, emigrated there after the Revolutionary War or shortly before they'd fought on the Loyalist side, the, the British side. Or they got um, land grants from the British Crown, and they were there's a nearby town called Chester, where that was the first real settlement. But uh, Oak Island was gradually settled. The British, the way the British did everything in those days, they they would just chop things up in the most geometrical way. Every piece of land they came across, and they did the same with Oak Island. They divided it up into four acre plots, <laughs> and you could buy, you know, one of them if you. Uh, could afford it, and so I got, Oak Island was a series of plots, and, and uh, 
and people began to buy them up and uh, around the time that these boys found the money pit. What was it that captured your attention and interest in Oak Island? Well, I mean, the discoveries that people made in that 50-year period between about 1795 and 1845 just boggle the mind. And, you know, when you realize, well, you just can't help but think somebody had must have had some incredible reason for doing this. What would motivate people? Because it's something that, I mean, one engineering company that was hired said it would take, well, there's about 100,000 hours, uh, man hours, that went into creating this, which means 40 men could have done it in a year. Jeez. What would have motivated 40 men to work for a year? create this in the you know 16th 17th 15th century who knows when it was um it must have been they must have had a very good reason and you want to find out what that reason is or at least um, what it might be and and part of it is you know you start pulling on you know this or that loose end and it, it always seems to just keep coming you know there's more and more and more and to this day has anything been discovered well, a lot of things have been discovered, but but uh, and some of them are quite amazing. But but no final explanation. No no great treasure has been recovered. You know, no ultimate purpose has been revealed. But there's enough. They keep finding enough to make you think something's there. Even even last you know summer, the uh, what the two brothers who are running the search now found was fantastic. I mean, they they pulled up you know pieces of human bodies from 190 feet below ground and uh, this uh, uh, cross that was buried under rock that well, the only match to it comes from the early 1300s in a prison where the Knights Templar were held before their execution. I mean, Jeez. But there's one thing after another like this. And the, and the original works are just, I mean, somebody uh, did something absolutely fantastic either to hide either to bury or conceal something or to, well that's the only possibility really something was being buried there but what it was and why they went to such extraordinary lengths to uh, uh, protect it from discovery is a mystery were these skeletons were they like dumped into a hole or well they don't know for sure me they're being brought up with, uh, you know, they're drilling down there or using caissons, really, to go down. And so they were just, all they know is that they were partial skeletons of two people, one of European origin and the other of Middle Eastern origin. Huh. Make of that what you will. It's another one of those, oh, uh, well, okay. Adds to the uh, adds to the mystery, doesn't it? To the mystery, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, things that I, you know, I mean, in, the, in the book and all along when, when I was first dealing with the First the producers and then the brothers, the Lekinda brothers who run the search now. I was very resistant to this whole Knights Templar idea and that it was the, you know, might be the Ark of the Covenant or something. Mm -hmm. That down there, it was so fantastic. But then, you know, last summer they found this uh, um, cross, you know, it was a cross, it was like a human figure, a cross made out of a human figure, and it matched exactly the image that had been drawn or scratched on a wall at the prison, Dom Prison in uh, France, where the uh, Templars were held. So I, like, well, I thought, well... Well, that is unusual. And say, okay, I dismiss the Templar theory anymore. That, when you wrote the article for Rolling Stone back in 2004, did you get much response? Yeah, I mean, people love the story, love the mystery, but then everybody has an idea about what it is, and I, I don't know if it's... Part of it is, you know, people have 
you know, sort of pet fascinations, and they want to apply it to that. But, but uh, I mean, it, it excited people tremendously because people love to know and to learn that there's something out there we don't really understand, we don't really know about, but that somebody will eventually get to the bottom to, literally get to the bottom to, get down there and find out what it is. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.